Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Browning looking. Pressure throws it deep. And the ball is caught by T. Higgins at the one-yard line. And it's actually called a touchdown. Right there, feels the pressure, throws it up. T. Higgins again on the Caleb Evans, goes up, makes the catch two feet down. It's a completion. T. Higgins is back with the Bengals. He signs a franchise tag. Excuse me, they've placed the franchise tag on him. He would have to sign it. To play for the team. But any wish that the Bengals were going to enter next year with just Jamar Chase and no T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd, that is now uh, probably dead. We'll see. Higgins can make it ugly. He can demand a trade. And they have till June something, I think, to, to work out a deal. So they have months and months to go here. But... I'm betting the Bengals' plan is just to let him play on the tag and then not pay him and let him walk. And if Higgins knows that, you know, maybe it's more likely that he would make it a problem. You're, I'm not playing with on a long-term contract, and if the Bengals don't want to sign him to a long-term contract, then maybe there is still a departure that could be had here, but that got a lot less likely with the Bengals deciding to place the tag on him for $20-plus million. So... Lots of wide receiver news, more so rumors that we talked about earlier, but Higgins back to the Bengals. We just talked to Paul Hamilton. He's headed now to practice Sabres and Panthers tomorrow night, Sabres and Lightning on Thursday night, both road games, and this trip last year that we talked about on Friday because it was the anniversary of, it was... The best Florida road trip that they've ever had. I mean, they had the Ilya Labushkin overtime goal in Tampa, and then two nights later, Craig Anderson score uh, has a 50-plus save night, and the Sabres win against Florida, and they were right there. They got into a playoff spot after the Tampa game. I think they tied for one after the Florida game one year later. They are a lot further out. I do want to talk about what Paul said last segment about be careful what you wish for. Because if the Sabres go on a run from here to the end of the season, and even a run is going to make it not likely that they're going to make the playoffs. They are at 1%. 
basically anywhere you look to make it. They would need to be so dominant the rest of the way to even have a chance at making it. Is there wiggle room for the idea of them going on a run could actually harm them in the future? Because as Paul said, what, what could happen, you don't want it to, but what could happen is a heater would give Kevin Adams confirmation that, oh, see, this this group can work. That, look, they did figure it out. And then next season, we don't have to do as much. We don't have to trade Middlestat. We don't have to make room for Kulik. We don't have to, you know, make this big trade that I might have had in mind or sign this free agent that I might have had in mind because, no, I'm just going to let it go. We're going to be patient. We're going to be patient. Because that that scares me a little bit. Hearing that said and thinking that way, that if they were to miss by four points instead of 11, that that would change the outcome of the offseason. I am legitimately excited for the Sabres offseason. I have been. I have been more excited about them in the last few weeks than I have really the rest of the season going back to when they were still in it in October because the longer the season's gone on my and part of this is the GM has talked this way my confidence has grown as time has gone on that they will make the necessary moves they understand now that they have to make trades, they have to sign people, they have to not fix the roster, but they have to add to it. There are hockey trades to be had here, There there is a defenseman trade that I think has been out there for them to make for a long time, and especially now makes sense given all the forwards that are on the way that there is not room for. I mean, look, hell, look at Krebs. Look at Krebs the last couple of weeks. The last week, really, more so. That guy has been buried on the fourth line, and he embraced it, and Granado said that he might have needed to go through that to mature his game, but then the last week, he looks like a real player. He looks like, I mean, with the plays he makes passing the puck, he looks like a legitimate playmaker that will play in your top nine as one of your top three centermen. Alright, there's another one. Right now, the Sabres, before Yuri Kulik arrives, before Noah Oslin arrives, before Matthew Savoy arrives, who are all center prospects. Maybe they could play to the wing, maybe they've played some wing already in juniors and they can just do that full-time. Either way, that is three of your top prospects. Your three top prospects all play that position. And already... They have four centermen that I think are quality top three centermen. You're already at four for three spots. You'd hope soon you'll have seven guys for three spots. And obviously, a couple of them move to the wing. Probably one, maybe two will be traded. But those are the trades that need to happen. And... 
putting that at risk, I don't know, that doesn't make me feel great. What I'd, I'd like to have both things, and I'd hope that it could be true that they could go on a run, this group could figure some things out, and they would still know, well, we still got to add to it. This middle stat trade to clear a spot at the forward group and add at a different position, likely the blue line, another a top pair defenseman, a second pair defenseman, someone that can play next to Owen Power next year, and then your third pair can be, what, Yoki Haru and Clifton and be in a better spot than the depth of the unit has ever been. What about Ryan Johnson? Ryan Johnson maybe is going to be the third pair left shot defenseman. Either way. He hasn't been bad this year. I mean, I think that he's no, he hasn't, kind of on his way to being like that second pair guy. Maybe, but I'm relying on internal development like that over and over and over. I don't know. Like, it's it's not a 100% success rate. You know, like, there, there are warts. Getting a proven commodity, like, it, I, the Diggs trade, right? The Diggs trade. When the Bills made that, they were ready to win. And... What they did, they could have sat there and drafted Justin Jefferson or drafted, I mean, it could have been Jalen Rager just as easily. When the Bills made that trade for Stephon Diggs, it was, all right, it's time to win and win big. We could just draft a guy. We could just go for the young, unproven commodity and do that and hope that that works out or... We can take all the risk away and just get a guy that we know we plug him in this spot and he's going to be great. We know for a fact that's going to happen. Because there are there are ideas every year in the NHL that are available where it's it's along those same lines. We you trade your three maybes for a this guy's going to be great. And you're doing that because, hey, it's time to win. Not sit on your hands and hope that somebody's going to turn into that player. And I, I like Ryan Johnson just fine. I like him a lot this year. But they have depth. They have a ton of youth. They have a ton of potential. And it all can't play on the team. Is there ever been more of a time to cash in? Because all of that youth, all of that potential has value. It all has, there's a, there's a a value on the open market for that youth and potential. And it's sitting there in the bank. It's just sitting there. And at some point, you want to spend it. You want to spend some of it. You don't have to spend all of it. But go spend some of it. And I can't imagine what it would feel like if they did nothing. Even if they go on a little bit of a run here and then do nothing. Man, I don't know. How do you sell that? How do you sell that to your fans? I I think Elliot Friedman put it perfectly a couple weeks ago on his podcast when he said, it's not fair to expect these people to be patient anymore. Patience, you know, there might be merit to it. 
I just went through with Paul, like, Granado th- is thinking this way, that they've improved so much defensively, and they've improved so much in goal with Lukanen, that the things they were not good at last year, they've gotten better at. But the scoring has went away. So, if you just get the scoring to return, boom, you have a great hockey team. But that level of patience is just not fair to expect the fans to buy into. I don't think. I think there are, and and it's not just for the fans. You're not doing it just for PR that you're trading these pieces. It's, you know, this is how the league works. You make moves. You get better for right now. You you do what, you know, some version of what the Red Wings have done. I don't think the Red Wings are a great hockey team. I think they have a lot of pieces of their game that are going to regress. I do not think Alex Lyon, even though he did a little of this last year for Florida too, is the goaltender that he's looked like in the last three weeks as they've gone on this. They've gone on the heater for Detroit. But go look at how their team's built. I just want a little of what they've done. They've drafted so few of their players. It's all... Iserman came in there and he didn't draft and develop the team that you're seeing right now in a playoff spot for Detroit. He traded for it all and he signed for it all. Colorado won the cup a couple of years ago with like four guys they drafted. And I'm not asking the Sabres to get rid of all the prospects, all the young pieces. Go make three four-for-one trades. But you need a little of that. And there's no better time to do it than this offseason. It's why I've been getting excited for the offseason. Because I've convinced myself they're finally going to do it. They're going to make a move that's going to make fans excited for next season and excited for the home opener because it's our first time seeing this guy in blue and gold. These two guys in blue and gold, and this is the time to win. They said with their words this past offseason that the window was now open, that it's now about winning a Stanley Cup, but the window was open. But their actions have yet to tell us that the window is open. Their words have said windows open, the actions haven't. And I'm getting myself maybe too excited because I I really do want to believe that they're going to finally do it. Maybe it could be before the deadline, but I think offseason is probably more likely. 803-0550, Ken and Amherst. What's up, Ken? Hi. Um, I heard that uh, Ottawa's got Brady Kachuk on trading. Uh, uh-huh. On what? Um, Brady Kachuk. What about him? Uh, he's up for trades. I do not believe that is correct. Well, I I saw it online, a, a bunch of it. I will double check that, Ken. I don't know where you might have saw that. He just signed a long-term contract. It would bewilder me beyond belief if anyone is talking about him being traded, but I don't know, maybe. As I Google it, this is how online works, right? I'll locked on Senators eight hours ago. Why is Senators Captain Brady Kachuk in NHL trade rumors? All right. All right. 
I won't dismiss you, but I would be floored. <laughs> I would be. He's under contract. I just I don't know why they would do that. But here's the thing. Even if it's not Brady Kachuk, because I think that, that might be silly to think he's actually going to get traded. But even if it's not him specifically, that's the level of player. Nate, in the 6 o'clock hour when we were talking about the deadline, said the move to be made is Middlestat Savoy in a first. I don't know who the player is you're in back, but Middlestat Savoy in a first. That is, to a T, the type of trade they need to make. Those players rarely become available that are worth that package. Your your Jack Eichels, your Matthew Kachucks, those level of player, I mean, it is rare that they get to the open market. But the next time there's a guy like that, you're going to want the Sabres with all of their picks, all of their prospects, all of their cap room to weaponize all of that and try to pull off a move like that. I say try because, you know, even then there will be hiccups with, does the guy want to even play for you? Time out here, Extendo Sports on the way back. We'll wrap things up, send it off to the Extra Point Show here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 